our cosmos where anything is possible and everything is probable. I'm Lacey, the traumatic backstory of your favorite character. And I'm Leah, the loincloth that Craven wears when he goes to hunt down Spider-Man. <laughs> This week, we're going to be talking about Loki, and we're going to start out with some of our likes and dislikes. We're going to talk about a few things from the show. We're going to give you a ranking on our episode. Since there were only six, we decided, why not? Let's rank them and talk about what our favorite was to our least favorite. And then we're going to end the episode with some predictions for what's coming next. Hell yeah. Yeah, because this show was definitely a setup for a lot of bigger things so i think this is like what had to happen for what's coming yeah for sure like i uh, i think we briefly talked about this the other day that i felt like loki this series set up so much stuff but also accomplished like nothing uh and it's it's closing yeah i mean yeah it didn't it didn't finish anything out it was very open-ended which is interesting because this is the first series where we're going to get a season two so far yeah i wasn't really expecting that either i kind of just thought that it would be a lot like wandavision where it was just used more as a catalyst for the rest of the upcoming film world yeah it threw me for a loop when it was like season two i was like wait what what i know i was like oh okay um, I do like that they're starting to do that, though, where they're not announcing that a season two is coming until the very end of the episode, because uh, they did that with um, The Mandalorian when they announced the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, it's more fun. Like, yeah. It's more fun to discover it in that moment rather than, like, be like, oh, this is coming. Like, we'll just... Like, oh, I saw it online. They announced yeah, it. Yeah, like, they announced it. Like, stop announcing it. Just put it in the end of shows and, like, let us have that moment. That's more fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, spoilers for Loki were all over the place, like, the morning that the episodes came out, so it was really hard to avoid that. Um, so I did go into the final episode knowing that a season two was coming out. Oh, so that, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that was the very first thing I saw when I woke up the next day was, Loki confirmed for season two, and uh, I was like, why is that the headline, though? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> that should have been on the dl just for at least a week also in case this is your first episode we do talk about spoilers in fact that's almost all we talk about exclusively is spoilers so if you have not seen loki and you care to see loki please don't listen to this episode or if you're feeling risky and you just want to say screw it listen to this episode come on the journey with us talk about loki and right what is it called self-cessed self-cessed is what they called it self-cessed on twitter <laughs> on on the on the on the twitters the twitter theme. yeah it seems like the internet is 50 50 on yeah. the loki sylvie thing yeah, so let's talk about our likes and dislikes. So why don't we go ahead and just get that out of the way? Sylvie and Loki being a, a romantic thing, you know, how do you feel about it? Where do you sit on it? You know, is there something, you know, just everything with it? Because that, yeah, yeah the internet is divided. It is 100%. Like, it's literally straight down the middle of some people love that loki found love but some people hate that it was with a version of himself and i'm very in the middle of that uh because like i loved sylvia as a character um i thought she was super super interesting and uh, you know i wanted to see a little bit more about her backstory because we never did find out what her nexus event was uh officially like there's a lot of predictions and you know um rumors out there of like what could have been her nexus event that got her picked up by the tva but i felt like towards the 
after episode, like, three, they pretty much centered Sylvie on being Loki's love interest. So I kind of hated that, too, that, like, we had this dynamic episode in number th- in three where they, like, revealed a bunch of stuff about Loki and Sylvie and uh, their lives and how similar they are as two characters. And then in episode four, they just kind of, like, pushed all that away and were like, well, Loki's in love with her and that's the deal. So get on board with that or no, I don't know. So, like, I, I kind of hated it, you know, that they put them together. It was definitely a case of, like, oh, now we're dropping other developmental things for the sake of the romance developing, which is always sad to see in these stories because you can do romance without dropping character development. And there still was some, but it's you can tell that it was more centered around the romance, whereas it didn't need to be. Yeah, and, like, Loki, his his character development continued to grow. You know, it continued to grow because of the love, where Sylvie, at that point, was just stagnant. Uh, and she didn't yeah. get any more growth. She's yeah, and then growing. we had that final episode where she kind of devolved a little bit. So she went from being this menacing thing at the beginning of the series of, this is a variant we have to hunt down because she's destroying the timeline, to, oh, well, she's slightly succeeded in her mission, but she also cares about Loki romantically now. But she didn't give a damn about him an episode ago. So that was kind of weird. Yeah, to have her flip so quick. I do I do like that in that last moment, she pushed him aside for her own goal because I think that that was a little more believable than, yeah, you're right, I love you, and I'm not going to do what I literally set out to do for my childhood. So I was happy that she yeah. didn't stop. Like, I... Like, you know, it breaks your heart because you're like, oh, no, like what you have just done actually is a very (laughs) bad thing. And you are too blind with rage to see it. But also that's more believable that she would be too. Yeah, that was a a very Loki thing that she did because she spent the entire series going, I'm not a Loki. Don't call me that. I'm not a Loki. Uh, Yeah, I'm Sylvie. I'm different. I'm not like all the other Lokis. And then in the end, she betrayed him and tried to to service her own interest and it made her exactly like a loki yeah sylvie's definitely a stereotypical loki through and through as much as she doesn't want to be which i think that kind of comes from the idea of like you know it's like when you say i'm never gonna grow up and be like my parents but then you grow up and you're just like your parents probably because you focus too much on not being like them that you actually became them. So I think that she was so focused on not being like a Loki that she became just like a Loki. Yeah, I and I felt that way too. And as soon as she was like, I'm not a Loki, don't call me that. Um, and then we got to see all of her anger and her hatred for the TVA and her confusion. Uh, she, she has all the Loki quality, you know? And at the end of the show, it seemed more like Loki was not like a Loki at all. And yeah, I I like that he wasn't. Yeah, I like that we're getting to see him like actually grow. He saw the bigger picture. That is nice. Yeah, and yeah. I think that some of that comes from him seeing his entire life play out at the TVA, um, and how he trusted in Thanos to give him an army and do all this stuff, and then Thanos ultimately killed him in Endgame, and he got to see all of that of a a a big bad villain that you kind of underestimated can do. So he didn't want to underestimate he who remains 
you know, when he started talking about his other variants. Uh, I thought that was yeah, interesting. Yeah, you could definitely tell that he was like, hey, I've seen how this plays out, and it's not good. Um, but Sylvie didn't know how it played out, and she was, you know, like I said, blind with rage, so we got what happened. Um, I am happy with how... I, I wish Sylvie had gotten the chance to grow more, but my hope is that that was, like, her big mistake, and then now we get to see her grow from it in the future, essentially, you know, because we have a season two. So I'm, I'm hoping they, like, kind of... Even if the romance thing happens and they want to do that, whatever. But, like, I kind of hope they push it aside a little bit. Now they've separated the two. I kind of hope that Sylvie gets more moments to grow. And I kind of want the second season to be more about Sylvie. Because, like, Loki is doing the... Loki is becoming a hero, right? Like, he is coming into his hero yeah. arc. He's He tried stopping her. He wants to... Like, he is slowly making his way there. So now I want to see Sylvie struggle with did i just messed up and what have i done and i you know i let that get the best of me you know i want to see her go through that now so i'm really hoping season two doesn't just like separate them and then okay we're back to loki and that's it and we're sylvie's over there and we're just gonna ignore her yeah. now like i really hope that doesn't happen i don't think it will because i don't i also don't think we're going to get season two of loki until after multiverse of madness comes out uh and that's next year, early next year, I think, when that movie comes out. So Loki season two will probably pick up wherever Multiverse of Madness leaves off, if I had to guess. Um, probably with more Kang stuff happening uh, than what we'll see in Multiverse of Madness. So I I do hope that they use Sylvie again, but they do it in a more cohesive way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I do also kind of like that we never did see her major Nexus event, and it led us just to believe that it's because she had a good heart, and a Loki is not supposed to start out completely safe and loved and cared for like she was as a child. And I do think if the TVA hadn't intervened, then Sylvie would have grown up and she would have been more of a hero. Oh, absolutely. Whereas Loki was more of a trickster. Absolutely. I think that she would have still done her little trickster things, but it wouldn't have been as intense. Like, because Loki takes it too far, right? That's why no one likes him, is because he's always taken it too far with his pranks and yeah. his jokes. Whereas I think Sylvie would have grown up and done lighthearted stuff, and it would have been more endearing than, like, you know, make everyone hate you. Yeah, because she still didn't, even when she was running around destroying timelines and stuff and enchanting people, she still wasn't pushing it as much as she could have. Right. You know, she was definitely doing some bad because she was killing all the TVA agents and destroying uh, the areas and stuff. And then she bombed the multiverse, which we never did see what happened with that. Um, when she set off all of those, uh, what, the time bombs? Yeah. That erased the the area that pruned it. We never did see what happened when she did that to the timeline. Because uh, they just immediately went into... Well, Loki got pruned after that, and then we were in the void, and then He Who Remains. So that's something that I hope that we get to see a little bit more of. Um, if Season 2 does come out before Multiverse of Madness for some reason, that would be cool too if it came out after No Way Home but before Multiverse um, to set up the movie a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I agree. That would be really cool. So I... I felt like the the self-cessed, if that's what people are calling it, I was on the fence about it too. I 
I just like the metaphor of it, right? The metaphor behind it, the idea that Loki can fall in love with themselves and it's like a self-love thing and Loki doesn't have to be this deep down self-loathing character anymore and can see the flaws, you know, in themselves and see the problems in themselves and say, you know what? I'm still worth it. I'm still worth saving. I'm still worth protection. I'm still worth love. You know, I love that. That I love because I do think that that is a big part of it. You know, the fact that he wanted to protect her in the end is really him also saying, I want to protect myself because I went through this. I made these mistakes. I did these things, you know, and like I deserve to be protected from these mistakes that I've seen. And so I'm going to try and do that. You know, so the meta, the kind of metaphor behind it, I love, you know, the it's very self-love, but just how literal it is, is a little odd. Yeah, and I was completely okay with it when they were like, her name is Sylvie. I was like, ooh, like, Sylvie the Enchantress? Uh, or, you know, like, they originally marketed her as, like, Lady Loki from the comics, and I was like, well, that's still not necessarily a Loki, that's more of just a person with Loki's abilities, and enchant- right. I, so I thought that they were going to go that route, where at the end, it's revealed to Sylvie that she was not a Loki variant, but she was always destined to find a Loki and maybe love him the same way, and then that Loki is not so bad because he has, for the first time in his life, a love that is not just, well, you're my family, so I feel like I should love you. You know, it's somebody who chose to love him. Um, And that could have been her Nexus event that caused them to come after her because she changed Loki in her timeline to not be so slimy. But they still just decided to go with, oh no, it's just a variant of Loki. She's still just a Loki. Uh, And I was like, well... They have time to change it. They they do. They still have a little bit of time that they could go back and like... And I have a feeling that they'll probably do something with it because so many people are reacting weirdly to it. Um, yeah, they're retcon it a bit and be like, well, actually... She's not 100% a Loki, you know? Like, yeah. She was royalty, but not a Loki, like, royalty. Uh, right. So, she was born into Loki's position, but she wasn't Loki. Yeah, and, and I do... that was her nexus, is that she wasn't the correct kid that was born. Yeah, you know, so, like, something like that. But I loved that Mobius was like, of course you'd fall in love with yourself. What a Loki thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is a it really thing is. to do. If you read up on Loki, you know, in the comics and outside of the comics, uh, you know, in just lore mythology, and everything. Yeah. yeah, just mythology in general. Loki is, he's wild. <laughs> he does some <laughs> wild stuff. Like stuff that I'm sure Disney will not touch in a thousand years. No, did you, you see know, the so- list of like scrapped ideas for this show? I did not. And I'm kind of happy. I'm I'm okay with not seeing it. Uh, there was a lot of things that would have been, like, very mythology Loki, and I don't, and I guess a little bit of comic book Loki, but it would have been, like, a, like right down the middle, because, like, they were gonna do, like, some weird space club stuff and some weird, like, interdimensional alien bisexual sexiness. Uh, they had, like, a whole thing planned out of like a montage they were gonna hit you with all of this really really fast to show you that yeah loki is into pretty much anything uh that breathes i guess um and then they scrapped it and you can only imagine why disney didn't want to put all of that on disney (laughs) plus what was it what was the movie like 
I also like when everyone was like, oh my gosh, like Loki confirmed to not be straight. I was like, y'all, we got that confirmation. I think it was 2017 in Thor Ragnarok when he is like hanging out with the Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely Grandmaster's little sub. So like, I don't know what y'all were missing, but <laughs> I was like, like, have y'all never like picked up a comic or like took a mythology class in high school or something where they're talking about loki having like a horse child and a snake child yeah, like, <laughs> loki doesn't care at Loki's all wild. Like, loki <laughs> loki is i loki doesn't care about gender he just fluid love and then same for him him or i should really say themselves because loki is gender fluid like that's also confirmed like yeah loki can transform go back and forth do whatever they want all the time mm -hmm. that's part of the magic so like when people are like, oh my gosh, I was like, y'all, it was already <laughs> confirmed. We were already, like, I know it's nice know. to see it. Like, uh, trust me, I love I love getting to hear, like, Loki say it. That was cool. But, like, when everyone freaked out, I was like, y'all, not even, like, it's he, like, Loki's just confirming what we know. That's all, yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah, Loki did. I feel like it was supposed to give me a bigger impact than it did because, you know, like you said, we've been knowing that. Uh, so when they said it in the show, he was like, a bit of both. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. like, oh, yes. I mean, you were hanging Correct. out with Jeff Goldblum for, like, months on a planet, so, okay, that's... I already knew that. So it wasn't as big of a, a thing for me as I'm sure it was for some people that, like, don't know all of these things about a character. Um, I just thought, oh, what a cool way to flesh out a character some more, you know, we finally confirmed some things that we suspected or theorized or is canon in other writing that's not in the MCU yet. So I guess, yeah, it was cool that they did that and that they set it on a planet that's, a, like, about to blow up, you know? Like, they're going to die here, so now he's yeah. confirming these things. And then they put you in the perfect lighting, and it's all... The scene's very pretty, and the cinematography for the show was amazing. Yeah, it was very well yeah, done. like, and this I was like a very well they, done show. I like that they weren't scared to do the crazy stuff you know like the big cloud monster you know they didn't yeah. shy away from those weird big fantasy things which i loved i want to see more of that yeah and like they did use a lot of these comic book similarities and inspirations with like sylvie and kid loki classic loki um all of I these did things. love seeing all the Lokis. That was I pretty cool. Yeah, I absolutely love seeing all the variations of the Lokis. Um, I thought it was hilarious that they did that. I do hope that we see some more of them in the future. Um, I think Kid Loki will probably see again at some point. Because, again, here we are, setting up things. Uh, when Kid Loki looked at like looked at them and was like, "I killed Thor," or or I actually I don't think that uh, he said it. I think classic Loki said, "Yeah, he killed Thor." I forget who said it, but basically when it was announced, I was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I, I think like, Kid Loki did say it, and then he was sipping on oh, a juice Kid box like next scene. So he was like, yeah. "I killed Thor," and then like Gangster's Paradise starts playing. Yeah, for real, like. <laughs> Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> like, there he is. There's the boy. Like, you know, his little sunglasses. He done, he done right killed around. Thor. Uh, that's, I, a, that's a feat. I did love that we saw um, Throg. Throg Thor. Uh, 
Which apparently he did have a bigger scene too of like some actual dialogue that was voiced by Chris Hemsworth. Oh. So hopefully that comes out at some point as like the extras on Disney Plus so we can watch that. Um, but Kate Heron, I said, I think is what her name is. Uh, the director of the series said that she ended up in conversation with Chris Hemsworth to come back and voice that that character. And it was like a stupid, goofy, fun idea that she didn't think he would go for. And he was all about it. Kate like sent in the the voice recording and then they ended up cutting the scene out. Because it just didn't fit the flow of the episode. So hopefully we get to see it, though. Yeah, I would like to see that. Um, so yeah, so that was that was kind of how I felt. Um, I know we went on a little tangent, but that was how I felt about the kiss. Um, what are some things you, like, <laughs> didn't like? Because something that... It's not that I didn't like it. It was predictable. When they were in, like... I forget what they call it, but, like the head of the TVA, the three, like, alien-looking people, and then they were fake. I was yeah. like, well, yeah, they're fake. Of course they're fake. Like, Yeah, the, time the timekeepers. Yeah, I was like, of course they're fake. Why would, one, why would they be in the same building? Like, no yeah. way. And two, why would they be so chill with people just being in, like, it? the whole thing, I was like, these these are literally fake. It didn't. It did not surprise me that they were just, like, robots. That were like the face of something. Because if you are literally in control of the timeline and trying to maintain it, you're gonna hide like away, oh, which yeah. made more sense. So when they discovered that they were fake, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like it was supposed to be bigger and like, oh my gosh, they're fake. Like, we gotta go find the real, you know what I mean? I feel like it was supposed to be like a way bigger moment. But for me, I was like, that was predictable. They could have done that differently. Yeah, I, I also felt that, and I think that, again, like, a lot of this is coming from comic books and stuff. Like, they set up a bunch of things, gave you a bunch of name drops, so that you knew what was coming. Like, you, there was only one person who could have been behind the timeline. Uh, there was only ever one person in my mind who could have been in control of everything. But I, I do think that we were supposed to have a bigger reaction to the timekeepers being fake like sylvie did because she was lost in right. that moment uh that everything she'd ever worked for turned out to be fake so i don't know i feel like the show set up a lot of things but some of its bigger moments fell flat for me yes absolutely like the timekeepers you know and then uh, i think the kiss at the end of it was more of a way for sylvie to express her lokiness, you know. I don't necessarily think that it was supposed to be like I do think she had feelings for Loki. Um, I don't think they were as intense as Loki's feelings for her. But No, because she's not focused on it. She's yeah. more focused on getting her mission done, which yeah. is why the kiss happened. The kiss yeah. was, let me do this for you to make you think, oh bye. Yeah, to distract you. It was a distraction. Um because he wasn't anticipating that she was going to betray him in the end, even though, like, literally right before that he said it, uh, that he can't be trusted and she can't trust. So I'm like, that's very Loki. Uh, yeah. That's very Loki of you, Loki. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, I thought the same kind of thing that I've thought for some of the other Disney Plus shows and, and Black Widow is that the first half of it was really, really good. And we had a real good setup happening of something that I didn't know what to expect next. And then the back half of it started to feel a little flat. 
and not as flushed out. Like, Loki was supposed to be eight episodes. Um, I I read that somewhere in an interview or something, one of the people involved with it said it was supposed to be an eight-episode series, uh, or season, but they were able to kind of take out some of the things that they didn't need, and that pushed it down to six episodes, so I feel like maybe six episodes hindered it, where if it had been the full eight episodes, they could have flushed out some more of those ideas a little bit and gave us some more time with these characters. Because, like, we got so little time with Mobius, but I feel like we know him better. I love variant Mobius so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want him to get a jet ski so bad. I know. That's all I want for him the whole time. Like... I'm just rooting for him to have a jet ski. And then when Loki reappears and it's a different Mobius and like Kang is already ruler, I'm just like, no, are you ever going to get your jet ski? I know. I'm like, is that what season two is going to be about? Loki's just like, well, the timeline's in Desiree. So I guess I'll just get Mobius's jet ski. Okay. Honestly, great. That'd be a great season two. Right. Like six episodes. They're just going on adventures, like various jet ski adventures. Uh, Takes them to the X Games. Um, I would love that. I think that's fine. Uh, yeah, I loved, I loved Mobius more than I thought I would when he was first announced, um, with Owen Wilson attached to it. I was like, what a weird choice. Uh, but then once you see him in it, he's a hundred percent different from any Owen Wilson character ever. And was just so fun. Yeah, I loved Owen Wilson in this. Um, I loved Owen Wilson's moments with Loki where he would like call him out on his shit. And I feel like the way they set up Owen Wilson with Mobius, like, was the only person who could talk to Loki and get through to his thick fucking head. Like, just listen to me. Like, you need to just hear me out. Like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to show you the truth. You need to know the truth. Even though Mobius didn't know the full truth himself, he was, he still had good intentions. Like, he wanted to help Loki. Like, he didn't show him his life just to be like, haha, screw you. He showed him it yeah. to be like, this is your path. This is what you do. And we're going to try something different this time. Yeah, I did like that. And I liked that this is 2012 Loki. This is Loki straight out of the Avengers. Like, he has not been through the death of his family yet, the death of his planet, his people. Um, him and Thor have not reconnected. You know, Loki, this is... 2012 Loki, who was affected by the Tesseract and the Stones, and I think that it was confirmed that when Loki invaded New York, it was he was being mind-controlled by Thanos. I think they confirmed that, where it wasn't necessarily Loki's idea to go to New York and do all of that, uh, but it was the direct, like, Thanos used the Infinity Stone on him that made him go do that. So it wasn't necessarily even Loki's free will that led him to New York to fight the Avengers and try and take over the world or whatever the hell he was doing. But that's the version of Loki that we start out with, is one that is not seeing the bigger picture like the Loki that died in Infinity War. Yeah, because that Loki had already kind of had a little hero arc and befriended his brother and, you know, so we really, yeah, we, we didn't have that Loki. We had the Loki that still needed to learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that... um. Do you want to talk about that Loki's Nexus event that we think we cracked on why the TVA came after him to begin with? Aside from he just escaped. That's, 
I mean, that's my biggest thing is he he got away with the Tesseract and he wasn't supposed to, you know, he's supposed to go on a path to die, not a path to live. And that's what he did for himself was put himself on a path to live. Yeah. And like not only on a path just to to live and survive and get everything he ever wanted with the Tesseract, but he would have went down the true villain path at that point. Of, well, I escaped the Avengers, and now I'm here, so I'm just going to dominate wherever I land and keep going until I control everything. And that's villain Loki. You know, that's yep. that's not the Loki that we see. Right up. And I do think that that was a little bit of what his Nexus event was that got him captured by the TVA was he was going down the villain path and not getting his hero arc yet. And he needed to get that hero arc to get to the death because Loki, Loki's lose. That's what they do. They always, they somehow survive whatever they're doing, but they always set up and lose. Loki was winning, and that's not how this works. Yeah, and not only that, you know, like he, Loki's also always for some reason get a hero redemption, unless you're uh, in the void and you're President Loki, and then you just get your hand eaten by Alligator Loki, which was fun. I love that. That was. Yeah, that was a fun scene. Yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes. I love that so much. Just all of the different Lokis betraying each other. And then our Loki in the corner just like, this is embarrassing and no wonder everybody hates me. For real? Like him, him <laughs> having a moment of like, oh my god, is this what I look like? This is what I look like. This is this is the exact reason why everyone thinks I'm a dick. Like, you yes. know, he just like, correct. hand over his eyes like, I'm embarrassed or me because of me. Oh my god, I can't believe I put everybody through this. <laughs> why does why does me do this? <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, did you have a favorite scene from this show because I did. I had a favorite scene. Uh, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene was when that action scene when they are running trying to escape the planet. Oh my god, the way that was shot was so good oh yeah yeah. and then like when the building's yeah, when falling the yeah and loki like pushes it back up like all of the shots in that running scene were so good i was freaking out over yeah. it like the just the I, visual like everything i was like oh my god and then the fact that it ends with them seeing the ship and getting so much hope and you're just rooting for them you're like yes yes come on you can do it and then the ship just gets destroyed and they're just standing there like no fucking way right. and it's like i yes! loved that oh that i loved it like they filmed that as one continuous shot too like um i did watch the majority of the assembled episode on it and i kind of already knew this by the way that that scene was filmed and blocked that it was supposed to be one continuous scene and those are my favorite shots when they do that because like it it ups the stress of the moment and, like, the anxiety that the characters are feeling because it's one continuous shot of just following them through this destruction. And then we get to see more of Loki's abilities that we haven't seen before, some that we haven't seen in a very long time. Sylvie's fighting everybody and being cool, and she's got a little cape and stuff. So, yeah, I love that. I love that scene. I think, I think that would probably also be my favorite scene that and the uh you know that and the scene where the lokis are all just fighting each other in that underground thing in the void like i loved that too yeah where the all the yeah, lokis betray really each too, other because it was just very loki yeah. yeah those were my two favorites yeah did you have like 
I mean, I feel like we talked about some of the less impactful ones, right? Like the fake TVA, the timekeepers and stuff like that. Like the kiss being kind of weird. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we talked about that. Um, The uh, clock will forever be in my nightmares. Miss Minutes. Yeah. uh, I didn't even want to know her name. I just, (laughs) you've you've ruined me because now my nightmares have names. (laughs) Now the, hey the, y'all! Hey y'all! Like oh, I need, I want to play a D and D character with her accent. Oh like, my god! So bad, <laughs> so bad. Um. So speaking of the episodes, uh, why don't we give our ranking of the episodes? I don't feel like we need to really say why because I feel like we've talked about the show. We can really yeah. just say like, here's our rankings, y'all. Yeah, yeah. We can just rank them. Yeah, we're just going to rank them for you guys because, I mean, we've talked about it enough to where maybe you can pick up on why we have it in a certain rank. Um, For me, three was the best for obvious reasons, what I just talked about. Then four, then six, then five, then one, then two. So two is my, like, if I had to pick a, quote, least favorite, two was my least favorite and three was my favorite. Yeah, mine were four being my favorite. Um, I love the exploration of some of the... Woohoo! But three and then five, six, one. I think we have our endings the same. One and two. So two was my least favorite. Uh, yeah. I still thought two was really good though. Like I do remember watching the first two episodes and being highly impressed with the series so far and where they were going with the characters and stuff. Like I had no idea what was happening yet. They hadn't really revealed too much of the plot line yet it's just those were kind of the in comparison to the other episodes they were a little bit weaker right this isn't us saying we didn't like those episodes it's just us saying like in a comparison manner like this is what was best and what was quote like not our favorite in that way but like they were still good um how do we feel about kang i think he's kind of the last thing we need to talk about before we get into our predictions you know he's kind of a big yeah. deal yeah kang was a huge deal and i know that this was not necessarily kang and what we saw of him he was he who remains and which is another comic book character and then this version that I think Jonathan Majors is who the actor is, plays is like a mixture of He Who Remains and Immortus Kang. Uh, I both loved it and hated it. Because um, as soon as like they did this, they started getting into who is behind the TVA, who is in control of the timeline. And they're like, well, it's the timekeepers. And Loki's like, it's not the space lizards. Shut up. Like, that's not real, the space lizards. Uh, I was like, it's Kang. It's Kang. It's got to be Kang. We know Kang is coming in Ant-Man and the Quantum Mania. Uh, so it has to be Kang. I turned into like a Mephisto theorist as soon as this started playing. It's like a Kang. Yeah, so I actually didn't know a ton about Kang. I actually, I played like some game, like little Marvel game where he was in it. So that was like the ex- like real full extent of what I knew about him. So I knew a little bit about him, but I did not make that prediction. Um, Ashton did. He was like, it's Kang the Conqueror. Like, cause that's, that's who deals with time stuff. And I was like, oh. And so when he said that, I like looked into it and I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> this is obvious now. Like once you look into the character, you're like, oh shoot. You know, like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, it's going to be Kang. It's going to be the guy who is from the who messes far with off the time. future and, <laughs> you know, travels timeline. Yeah, who messes with the timeline and, like, the most and all that. So, 
yeah, once I read up it on makes it, I was sense. like, yeah. oh, yeah, th- like, yeah, this makes I sense. I only got and- it so quickly because I had just finished reading that Uncanny Avengers arc not too long ago, like a two months ago or something. And Kang was the major villain in that of, like, he kept sending. So I was pretty fresh oh, so on, like, Kang fresh and, on and his time conquering and stuff. And it was, like, his kids in that series that did it. But Kang still sent a version of himself back in time to, like, stop it all and redo it all and stuff once he realized the mistake he made. So I was like, oh, well, if anybody's going to be messing with the timeline and the multiverse and stuff, it's it's Kang, because that's what he does. Um, so I do like that for once I was correct on something. Like, in WandaVision, I was for sure by episode four that it was going to be Mephisto somehow involved in it. And it was not. You know, and if you knew anything about House of M and wanda's arc then you would think mephisto and they totally didn't do it so i was like what if they don't do kang in this and they just set us up for like something stupid they just wanted you to think yeah because i know it was gonna be this go ahead no um oh no i was just gonna say you know as far as like big bads we've got kang now I do think Mephisto is I think, is set I think up. now with the internet you know having I mean? such a positive reaction to the pop like the probability of Mephisto that Marvel will do something with him um because they know people want to see it. I think that they'll find a way to work that in as like a, we left a couple unfinished dialogues here or there and there's like this little plot line that we could in the background it was Mephisto all along like when they did the little Agatha reveal and it was she was just in the background of everything. It was right all like along. <laughs> doesn't have the same doesn't have the same so ring, close, but you know? here we I are. I do think that we'll see him eventually, you know, because they've got a lot of stuff coming up that he would work into really, really well, which we'll get to in a moment. But the Kang the Kang of it all, uh <laughs> <laughs> I was just Oh my gosh. I was very pleased that they actually did it. Cause like at the end of it, when Kang, the the multiverse behind him, is starting to crumble, and he stops and he goes, "We're in the multiverse. Uh, we're in the madness now," or whatever he says. And then, if you line, apparently, if you line that up with the WandaVision finale, where Wanda becomes Scarlet Witch, they sync up with the rumbling of her costume changing and her getting all the power and stuff. And then he says that that line, and Wanda is reborn as a Scarlet Witch. Apparently those line up 100% perfectly to put these two shows running side by side. But Marvel and Kate Heron have said that that was just a coincidence, so they were not planning on that being connected. So sometimes Marvel accidentally does, like, happy accidents. I was definitely, I'm definitely happy with what we've got going on villain-wise. Like, we have Kang. I think Mephisto's coming. I think that this is going to lead us into... You know, we, like, I feel like, you know, if you just see the movies, you see Thanos and you're like, oh, how could you get worse? Oh, it's going to get worse. Like, it's worse. Kang. Oh, it's it's worse. Yeah, Kang is infinitely Kang scary. Kang is infinitely scary. very scary. And then you're, we're talking future, right? Like, way future, you know, maybe when, like, Fantastic Four and X-Men come in, you know, then we've got Apocalypse, which, if you haven't read the comics and know about Apocalypse, he's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's crazy. I think with them, yeah, with them setting up Kang this way, and this was just one variant of Kang, right? This was the least 
scary, the least timeline damaging. Yeah, this was the nicest case. This was Immortus. Yeah, this was Immortus who realized his mistakes and was trying to stop his future self and his variant selves from coming through and destroying the timeline. And he always knew it was going to fail because, like he said, he knew everything. He let the Lokis get to him, Sylvian Loki. He let the Avengers do what they did with Endgame and time travel. He let Thanos get the time stones and destroy half the planet. Like, Kang let these things happen. Like, he could have just took all the time, the Infinity Stones, and stopped it. But he let it happen, which makes him scarier than Thanos. And my, I think one of my favorite parts of him is when he's explaining it to Sylvie and Loki, and he's like, you know, you have to go through certain things to get to where you're going. I have to, I had to prune your timeline to get you here. I had to do this to make sure you made it. Like, I let those things happen because I had to make sure you got to me. Like, and then they're like, oh, that's BS. How could you do that? But in reality, think about that. You know, that's life. Like, you go through some really shitty things to get to where you have to be. But like, would you get to where you need to be without those shitty things? Probably not. Like, as I'm not saying we should, you know, like purposely try to put ourselves through shitty things or anything but like you know (laughs) you've got to go through your your story you know i mean you've got to go through what your path is to get to where you're supposed to be and i know that you know of course sylvie the very rebellious very like act against you know not listening very against that of course of course yeah for sure you have to you have to go down your path to get to who you are supposed to be Right, and that's kind of, I think, what Kang was explaining, and of course, she she just wasn't about it. She was like, no, what about free will? What about this? And it's like, there is free will, but just because, like, he knows what choice you're going to make doesn't mean there isn't free will. You, He just knows what choice you're going to make. That's all that is. Yeah. Like, he just knows still, the outcome. Yeah, you still got to choose it. You could have chose something else in that moment, but you chose to do this, and, like, it lined up, and he knew it was going to happen. That's what he wanted. And the fact that he, like, he was ready to die, that he died smiling, was so, like, he was just tired. He was done. He was like, I've been doing this for... Yeah, he'd been alone for a millennia or something like that, like he said. He was done. He was like, fine, kill me. Like, he's like, I'll see you again. And he wasn't wrong, because what's the first thing we see, or one of the first things we see when Loki gets pushed back is he's talking to Mobius, and then they pan up, and you see a giant... You see, giant statue. Okay, he's already within seconds of the timeline going crazy. We he is already in place as ruler. That's how that is how quick Kang the Conqueror works. Is like once those variants got out, that's it, game over. Yeah, and I do think that Sylvie pushed Loki back into the wrong timeline, and that's how he ended up in that version of the TVA with that Mobius who did not recognize him and did not know him. Uh, which was very sad, you know, because Loki finally had a true friend that he could count on. And remember, this is 2012 Loki, so he didn't have Thor and, you know, uh, slightly the Hulk and Valkyrie and stuff. Like, he had nobody in 2012. He was just Loki by himself, you yeah. know, and now he has Mobius. He had Sylvie very briefly before she betrayed him, which he wasn't really that surprised about because they're Lokis. So, but right. Mobius... You know, Mobius had never lied to him, really. Never. He did everything he said he was going to do. Right. And he was he you was know. straightforward and honest about what he thought was true. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Because once Yeah, and now he doesn't even know him. Right, because once Mobius found out that the TVA wasn't real, he was not about it. He was like, Whoa, wait a second. <laughs> not real. Like he right. was not about the whole like, oh, for the sake of the timeline. He did not agree with that. So we got a true and honest Mobius. And what is cool about Mobius, um, is that he deals with because we're kind of talking, you know, a little bit about the future coming up, what might be coming. Mobius um, in the comics deals with Fantastic Four a lot and She-Hulk. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool to get another character in the stories and like in the MCU that deals with what's coming because it's just like another confirmation of like, oh, there we go. Like he deals with. Yeah. And with the confirmation of a She-Hulk series um, that's currently in production, like I think they're filming now. Uh, we're gonna see Mobius again, and Fantastic Four a lot. He's dealt with She-Hulk. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna see Mobius. Yeah, again. we're we're getting so, him back for sure. So, what are like? Are you ready to move on to like our predictions for Multiverse of Madness? Do you want me to start on Multiverse of Madness since I have some ideas? Yeah, let's hit it. Okay, so for Multiverse of Madness, I think. And I said this before a little bit, you know, Fantastic Four and everything. I think we are, I think Multiverse of Madness is going to give us our setup. At least I hope it does. This is, <laughs> prediction really just means this is what I hope. It's not even my <laughs> prediction, it's more of like, I hope they do this. Um, I really hope that they use Multiverse of Madness to, you know, sort of deal with what's been going on. You know, all of the, the timeline getting messed up because that's also Doctor Strange, like his thing. Is that like, wow, look at all the stuff you've done. Um, to give you an idea, in one of the X-Men comics, one of the characters, and this is a very weird one-off thing, but like just to give you an idea of Doctor Strange and who he is, uh, really, from the comics, is one of the characters actually ends up wishing that vampires didn't exist. And when that is done, and that happens, it creates a power shift in the entire universe and dr strange feels it and he's like what like he literally says to himself what have you done so that's who dr strange is he feels those changes and he feels those unnatural things yeah so the fact that we just got a timeline that is busted to hell and um, you know they mentioned vampires more mobius uh mentioned vampires at the tva yeah very yeah briefly. exactly yeah so i i think that I think we're getting a lead in to a lot of what's coming and I'm very excited for that. I, I definitely think that we're going to have Dr. Strange playing cleanup um, <laughs> as much as he can. Like he, I think, I think he is going to be dealing with the repercussions of uh, Scarlet, Witch, like all of her shenanigans. And I think that he's going to be dealing with the repercussions of the two Lokis because what's more chaotic than one Loki? It's definitely two. <laughs> you know, so, yeah so i think that yeah i think that's what we're gonna be watching is him dealing with all of this and i kind of hope that through that like like an end credit scene i hope we get to see like the fantastic four because once we get fantastic four going and we get them established then we can start bringing x-men in you know i mean that's that's my biggest hope is this line that will lead to x-men because i think that this is this is how you do it this is the way to do it in fact, I think this is the only way to do it without it being totally random. Even like a tag or in Multiverse of Madness, if we just see, because we know Doctor Strange is set in location out of New York. 
Uh, so if we even just see in the background, like, the Baxter building, um, that would be enough of a tag to know that the Fantastic Four is happening and we're getting, we know we're getting it. But that would give us, like, an in-universe type setup for it without necessarily being so in our faces of, like, all these people never existed until now or they have always been the Fantastic Four or whatever. Uh, or to, like, even see Doctor Doom. Yeah, even like a setup of like he's the end credit. Some, but I don't. Well, because Doctor Doom, the way he becomes Doctor Doom, we would kind of have to see something for that, maybe. Well, so they could always backtrack and do like a prequel. Yeah, they type they thing. could. They could also do it like they did with um, at the end of Infinity War, we saw Captain Marvel, and then they went back and showed us Captain Marvel's movie in between the two. Right. Yeah, they exactly. could do something like that. My brain just like. You could hear it winding through that and trying to work out how that would happen. It was like, wait a second. As I'm talking, nothing makes sense. (laughs) Wait a moment. Nothing makes sense anymore because the multiverse is here. So nothing has to make sense Nothing has to make sense. Everything is canon and nothing is canon. And I love that. Um, I don't think that the tag scene or even the end credit scene of Multiverse of Madness will be a Fantastic Four setup, though. I think it's going to be a Blade setup. Oh, okay. I would be happy with that, too. I'd be happy with that. Because we've had vampires mentioned, I think, twice now uh, in the MCU. We have Blade confirmed, Morbius confirmed, Moon Knight confirmed. Uh, Moon Knight, I think, just wrapped filming. Uh, And Blade... Very excited for Yeah, Blade just got its director and its writer and stuff. Uh, We've got the cast um, dumbed for Blade. So I think from... What I'm feeling is that Multiverse of Madness is going to end on an introduction of vampires in the MCU and Blade because the timelines are so screwed up right now. Uh, and whatever happens in No Way Home, that comes before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So whatever happens at the end of that movie is going to take us directly into Multiverse. And I think we're going to get a Blade set up. Like, that that seems to be the easiest way to introduce a character and to introduce vampires into the MCU because we're 11 years, 12 years at that point deep into the MCU and we've never seen vampires before. So you can't just, like, have no supernatural stuff happening at all and then suddenly so much of it. Which makes sense. That would, yeah, I would be just in the comics and Altamont trying to go grab all the Blade comics I can find so I can learn as much as possible I know, before this happens. I know, and <laughs> it's like, oh, I just, that's me every time. So I'm I'm not super versed in the Blade comic books as I am in, like, the Morbius side of the comic books. Um, I did see all the shitty Blade movies, though, and I do know that they were supposed to have Blade fight Morbius in the final movie, but it or in a fourth movie that never came to be. So I do think we'll see that eventually in the MCU now that we've got... Uh, two of those characters happening. But other than that, like, I agree with most of your predictions and wants for Multiverse of Madness because it's definitely going to be a tonal shift on Wanda because she's a main character in it. We're yes, going to see what's yes, happening with her kids I again, really I think. Want. I want... Uh, I want... We're getting Spitzer back! I want them back! <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they're going to come back because the timeline's messed up. I think Loki is rumored at the moment to be in Multiverse of Madness. Um... To be fair, though, as soon as it ended, he was also rumored to be in No Way Home. But then again, so is everybody. Yeah, that's... So. I I'm not even going to listen to any of those rumors because there's no point. I know. So do you have any uh, 
Have you seen any rumors or anything for Multiverse I haven't. Madness? I try really hard. So that's kind of my thing. I try really hard to stay away from the rumors because in the past, I get really excited about something. And I get my hopes up and then I start theorizing the rumor and being like, oh, they could make this work. And then so like I have purposely not let myself hear a lot of, you know, rumors because of that. And I more just go off of this is what mm -hmm. I hope's going to happen. This would also be cool. Let's see what happens. Because I, like, I just don't want to be disappointed. And I, I set myself up like I romanticize what it's going to be, right? And make a really big deal. So Pretty I don't want to, yeah. I, I have to stop doing that. Because when I do that, then the movie doesn't seem as good. So I have to like pull back. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, I think we saw that suffer a lot in WandaVision with, like, the setup of the aerospace engineer. Uh, Mephisto, you know, like, we had a lot of grand predictions <laughs> that, you know, the X-Men, the Fantastic Four are coming. Like, that Marvel seems to accidentally set up these scenarios a whole lot, like they did in uh, this. You know, they set up Kang, and then they actually followed through on it for the first time. So... Marvel is really good at setting up things and then it just being a coincidence, like the lineup of Kang and Wanda and stuff in this. So I'm I'm happy that at least Kang paid off. Um, I've not really seen any leaks for WandaVision either, I, or for Multiverse of Madness. I have not looked for any for Multiverse, though. Um, Spider-Man, though, every day there's some new leak or confirmed that I don't think is going to be true. Yeah. For, so we can, because that's kind of like my thing for Multiverse of Madness is that's the that's what I hope it leads us to. I hope it leads us into Fantastic Four, which leads us into X Men, which leads us into other villains. I'm really excited to see, which leads us into whole other like single character movies. Like, ooh, uh, do you think that once we finally get to X Men, that they'll do Battle World or Savage Land? Oh God, uh, I think yeah, Battle World would be cool. Battle World. I mean, you know, it's, once cool. again, my hope, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, is, is, is that, like, because I think Savage Land, ha I want to say, has a different story for Rogue, and not it's, a I think story, they both, yeah. not a story that I was about, so, I, it's been a long time since I've, I've seen any of those, uh, but yeah, I vaguely remember not being super, super thrilled. With her storyline. Yeah, so, I mean, if they do it, cool, I'll get, I'll see it. Obviously, I'm not just gonna be like, oh, well, I'm refusing, like, I'm gonna see anything with X-Men on it. Um, but as far as which one I would prefer, it would be probably Battle World. If it's what I'm thinking, yeah. yeah. Um, so for, uh, No Way Home, we have very little information on that. So what are we thinking? We... I think at this point, the only thing we have confirmed 100% for No Way Home is the, the name of the movie. Uh, we know Tom Holland is in it as Spider-Man. Um, they Doctor Strange, we know Jamie Foxx is back as Electro, and Alfred Molina is back as Doc Ock. Those are like, oh, and it comes out December 17th. Those are the things that we know for sure about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, we don't have any cast posters, no movie poster, no teasers, no trailers, nothing. We just have this infinite sea of rumors and predictions. Um, so what I would want to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home is I do believe it's going to pick up 
exactly where Far From Home left off with the world finding out Peter's identity. Uh, so we get a nice little on-the-run thing. Um, I'm fingers crossed, hoping with everything inside of me that we get the return of Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Um, because I literally cannot stop talking about his Daredevil arc on Netflix. Like, that is easily one of the best things I've ever watched for a comic book character. Um, so I really, really hope that we get the return of Matt Murdock, the lawyer, before we get the return of Matt Murdock, the vigilante Daredevil. So I think that would be super, super cool, even for, like, a 10 or 15 minute scene of him being Peter's lawyer through whatever they're doing. But... We're going to go through all of that, and then we're going to get to Doctor Strange coming in because the timelines are now collapsed and everything's multiversing in on itself. So Doctor Strange has to come and save the day. I think they're going to pull the storyline of One More Day, uh, where Peter makes a deal with the devil and everybody forgets his identity, um, including MJ, including his aunt. Like, they all forget he's Spider-Man, and uh, it's very sad you know, because in that storyline he was married, but in this he's a teenager, I think, so they won't do that. But Doctor Strange is basically filling the role of Mephisto for me. Like, he's going to erase everybody forgetting Peter is Spider-Man, and that's going to collapse the multiverse a little bit more. Um, I don't necessarily believe that we're going to get all of the Spider-Men. Like, you don't think we're going to have the three? I'm very on the fence of it, because originally I said no, I don't think we're going to. I thought that was a rumor that ran crazy because the Jamie Foxx and the Alfred Molina thing, um, with them coming back as the villains. I think that they're going to pull the villains from other dimensions into it, into this world to kill Spider-Man or whatever they're doing. Um, I don't necessarily think we're going to see all of the Spider-Men, because I think that would crowd the movie too much. If anything, we'll see some, like playback footage from their movies mixed into it like a montage scene or something of like falling through dimensions but i don't think that we're gonna get all three of them uh i tried really hard to not believe in that rumor because like you said i didn't want to like fall so deep into that hole that when i finally did get to see the film it ruined it for me and i didn't think it was very good right see because that that is the problem i'm having with no way home is i am hoping for the for like them yeah. to be in it. Is I mean, if thing. they give you that to I mean? us, so then I'm, I'm going to be ecstatic because before Loki, I didn't think that they would do variant copies. You know, once they had all these right. different variants of Loki, I was like, well, we might actually be getting that. But then they're like, Doctor Strange confirmed, Wanda confirmed, Loki perhaps in No Way Home. Uh, all the villains are back. We're getting all the Spider Man, and I'm like, well. Where and now, now the current rumor is we're getting um, Kingpin from Daredevil. Right, I I saw I did yeah. see that online. I saw that Kingpin was going to be a thing. I so here's like for my thing about it is you know we got into the Spider Verse right, which was like that. First off, I just want to real quick compliment oh, that amazing. movie because wow, that movie is, is so amazing. good, and I will watch that. That is what that is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie ever. I will watch that Spider-Man movie. I've a seen it times a thousand times. Yeah, my kid every- is obsessed with Miles <laughs> Morales. Uh, we have all the toys. <laughs> yeah, he's so anything, cool. I wish I had all the with toys with Miles on it. Like we have it. Yeah, he's sick. Like, oh my gosh, he's like the coolest Spider-Man ever. Um, so I like that movie was so cool because you got to see all these different Spider-Man 
variants react and that's i'm not saying i want those spider-man variants i'm just saying i like seeing spider-man interact with himself i think it's i think it's funny and i think that it's just but it's like you said getting your hopes up so i the problem is i already have my hopes up for that um i know i know that no matter what i'm probably gonna love it because spider-man is just one of those ones where like he isn't my favorite but i love everything he's in i love yeah. all of his stuff i've loved toby Maguire. i've loved you know i've just everything all, yeah. all the different spider-mans all the different actors i've loved all their variations i've loved all the different stories they've done you know spider-man I is an iconic character right even if you don't care for whichever version of the movies like i didn't care for the andrew garfield um amazing spider-man movies a whole lot uh i think they came out at the wrong time and they suffered from that right. but other than that like i thought the acting was great. I thought he did good as Spider-Man. I didn't think he did good as Peter Parker. Um, but I still watched him. You know, like, anything that Spider-Man is a part of, I'm gonna watch it. It's a thing from childhood. You know, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Um, you know, the amazing Spider-Man cartoons and stuff. But I don't think that they should bring all three Spider-Men together yet. You know, like, we haven't got to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man stand on his own we saw it a little bit far from home but not enough like he's not he's not confident in his abilities yet so i think that after no way home once he has to take on this multiversal war with dr strange and a lot of the the funko pop leaks and the toy set leaks that have come out kind of confirm that we're working with magic here um right so i think once we get through that then he will be able to kind of interact with other spider people you know and uh, we'll see that a little bit i don't think that we're gonna get miles morales for another couple years though no i don't think so either i i never thought miles was gonna be in this this is what i thought this is like my my hope i i don't need andrew garfield but i would love to see tom holland and toby Maguire because tom holland is like that young innocent spider-man who's like you know big bright eyes and oh yeah i can do this and like you know that kid and toby mcguire kind of reminds me of the spider-man that gets the shit kicked out of him all the time and is like yeah he's he's for sure like a, yeah a Peter B. yeah exactly Parker, you know? so like to see them interact together would be really great um because that dynamic i would love yeah if they did that for like five minutes or something yeah you know, just like... something like uh, cause I would live in for the that. third arc of the movie, you know, at the very end of the movie or something like when they go to return Doc Ock to the timeline, he encounters Tobey Maguire for a brief five or 10 minutes, you know, and then he dips out yeah. and then that gives both of them hope again of like, oh, I can do this for a long time. And then Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker going, they're still good in the world, you know? Something something like that. Um, I do think either way, both of these movies could set up a Mephisto storyline very easily because there's a lot of Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Mephisto tie-ins where all three of their stories kind of revolve around each other in the comics. Um, I think it would also be really cool if No Way Home set up a little bit of Kraven. Okay. And okay. a little bit of Morbius. I, I agree. I agree. We are now confirmed for our favorite loincloth wearing uh, Hunter Craven to join the <laughs> Sony universe, uh, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, of all people. Uh, so, any hope y'all had for Quicksilver coming back is... He gone. <laughs> he, he, 
he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> well, he that is gone. But the, we may we could get Evan Peters Quicksilver back, which uh, I would love personally. Yeah, I would like, really. I would be so stoked if. We're not going to get into that because if we We're, do, yeah. I'm going to talk That's, for hours. <laughs> I don't want to do that to everybody. I can't. I can't do that to y'all right now. Right. That brief setup was our missed connections for this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that I was do. it. That was right. all you're getting from like, this connections because I don't want to do. I don't want to rant on y'all right now. Nope, we're not going to get all into that. But uh, I will say that Morbius is coming out. We've had two conflicting uh, timelines on Morbius right now. Uh, Sony says Morbius is not in the MCU. It's not going to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it is in the Venom world, which has been said to maybe one day cross over into the MCU. So I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Uh, Tyrese Gibson, who is in Morbius as a FBI agent, I believe, uh, confirmed and said, yes, it is involved in the MCU. So, oh God. so See, now, this is why I just don't get involved online. And uh, the Tyrese said this in a live interview that, yes, it is. Um, was he tired? Maybe. We don't know. But Sony quickly said after that, it is not in the MCU. And that is why the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is spray painted on the wall of the trailer when we see Morbius shuffling past that. But then we also got to see like the vulture of Michael Keaton, who is an MCU villain, you know? So yeah. I, I don't know what the hell they're trying to pull on us, but I do think these movies are all going to be connected eventually. So it would be yeah, cool if like get wild real fast. It'd be cool if like the tag scene of no way home, like the very, very end credit scene was like Craven the hunter sitting and like, he sees some of the newsreels of Spider-Man and we've gone through the whole shabacle of the multiverse and erasing his identity. Everyone forgets Peter Parker is Spider-Man and then he's watching the news and you just see J. Jonah Jameson pop up and he's like, the wall-crawling menace, Spider-Man, uh, destroyed downtown fighting these villains. Um, and we just see Craven sitting there watching the news and that's it. We don't even have to see his face. Ooh, it's yeah. just a shadow. And, you know, that would be cool, you know, like that would be super cool. Well, I mean, I think I think that's all my predictions and my thoughts. What about you? Yeah, that's that's everything that I could think would happen and that I want to happen. Um, like we said, we're trying really, really hard to not buy into some of the rumors out there. So yeah. if you've heard anything different that may or may not confirm what we've said, keep it to yourself. Yeah, we're we're not. All right. Don't you dare at us with your with your rumors <laughs> so next week we're going to kind of take a little break from marvel as a center and we're gonna just talk about our favorite characters in comic books um i think we're focused on superheroes and villains though so i think we're gonna talk about our favorite like like superheroes slash supervillain characters in comic books we're gonna talk about our favorite storylines from comic books uh and then I think that was that's mainly what we're doing next time, right? Is talking about that. Yep, we're just gonna try and hit on some of the reasons on like why we decided to make this podcast, why comic books and heroes and villains called out to us and inspired yeah. whatever the hell they're inspiring in us. But yeah, why it matters to yeah. us. And it's just gonna be a nice little break between worlds as we collect ourselves for what will be next. Yes what what is coming next because like we said we are not a marvel show and we we don't mean to be it's just there's been a lot of marvel content lately so we've had to keep up with it yeah dc's a little lacking uh 
So we're just yeah, going where the party is. Just a little is. bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, we're just we're hanging out where there's action. So uh so yeah, next week's gonna be just a very chill uh I I'm calling it like our favorites episode. Uh so if you are interested in that, we would love to have you around for that for that little discussion. Yeah. And love to hear what your favorites are too. You know, you can like that's the thing you can at me with. At me about your favorites because we can talk about it all day long. Like I yeah. would love that. Anything we missed uh, that anybody else wants to see out there or favorite storylines, favorite characters. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what people's favorite characters are after we release ours. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like in comparison. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for going on the journey with us. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs>